Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Basher again from the corner. Whips it in. This time a bit deeper. Renard is there. It goes backwards. The second shot comes in and it's been poked over the crossbar from very close range by Mayo Lacroix. All she had to do was just flick it in from about two metres out, but she somehow had it skim up off her ankle and loops over the crossbar from just a few steps out. Another corner for France, another one for Australia to defend. Basher's cross comes in, it was very tight to the front post, batted away by Mackenzie Arnold. Secondary ball comes in, Lacroix is there, and Mackenzie Arnold, I think, just got a fingertip to that to parry it wide. She did. A second corner for France, but a good save from Australia's goalkeeper. Some save from Mackenzie Arnold and Brisbane Hearts in those stands will be very happy to see her. An important save. Shawi, oh, the goalkeeper Paramagna, bad pass. Mary Fowler, top of the box, Scribbles right foot shot deflected. And out for a corner for the Aussies. Well, not the first time in this match that France have played some really questionable passes out of their defensive third, and that time it was the goalkeeper who gave it straight to Mary Fowler. Here is Sam Kerr, her first touch, and she's sprinting forward to the edge of the box, cuts it back across to the right for Hayley Rasso. Australia up in the final third. Rasso left foot saved by Perro Magnon. Diving stop from the goalkeeper from Rasso, shot on target. And Sam Kerr's first touch is to streak forward and put Australia on the front foot. Here's Sam Kerr, top of the area, pushes it out to the right. Collected by Carpenter. Works across into the box, looking for Rasso. Here's Fowler! Saved again! Perro Magnon stooping low, dropping to her knees to parry it away. Fowler's shot was straight down the pipe. Inside right channel. Cross was shallow. Gorry fails to control. What a helping hand, though, from Hunt. Kurt works it backwards to Gorry. Just lost her balance, and it's been pinched by Selma Basha. Left-footed strike is not far away from a top-left corner. It is offline and out of play for a goal kick, but a good tester there from Selma Basha in the final minute of the 90 minutes before we get some additional time. Cross comes in from the corner, headed on and in! Now the whistle's blown, it's in the back of the net for France, but it's been cancelled. Has it been cancelled? No, yes. Yeah, looks like a foul on Alana Kennedy. She looks yeah. a bit shell-shocked. Whoa, yeah. Very close call. Wendy Renard put it into the back of the net for France, and she stands with palms raised to the sky. Oh, it was an own goal from Alana Kennedy. It actually came off Kennedy's head last, but she was... Unbelievable. I thought that was a Renard yeah. finish, but Kennedy, what a confusion. The referee sort of uh, making a fist and pulling down to show that it was a drag down, so a grab and a drag down in the box, but no VAR and so no goal that to is France. Incredible. Wow, the ball was in the net, but it's still Australia nil, France nil. Here's Basha into the box for Diani. Shot was blocked, falls to Besho, strikes! Brilliant save by Mackenzie Arnold. Outstanding from Australia's goalkeeper. 
at full flight to her right, fingertip save as it was tracking towards the top right corner off the boot of Besho. And some strike from the kid, just gets it out of her feet quite nicely and lines that up and stand up Mackenzie Arnold. Some save, single-handed crossbody, left-handed push over and away from the goal. Selma Basher full of running towards Grace Gayora inside the box, cross comes in, clean off the line by Catley. It was only a metre away. It'll come back in from France towards Les Sommaires and Kennedy's header up and away. The shot from Daly was scuffed. Kennedy's a little hurt behind play and there'll be a whistle as there are players sprawl behind. But Steph Catley's stop just a metre in front of her own goal line to sweep it aside and keep the scores at nil all, saving Australia. A corner, maybe the last phase of play. Bash's corner comes in. Australia headed away and that is full time. We are going to a penalty shootout to decide the fate of Australia and France in this World Cup quarterfinal. Vicky Beshaw looks to the heavens. She cannot believe she has missed. There have been three misses in a row now. Everyone at nerve's end. And Australia. They've had two chances now to win this penalty shootout and missed twice. And now it's Courtney Vine at her first World Cup. The speedster to send Australia into the semi-finals. Looks cool. Vine scores! And Australia are into the semi-finals! Courtney Vine has done it! Australia, a mighty victory! And the Matildas are scaling new heights! They are into the world's final four! They win on penalties. Yes, a very good afternoon and welcome into SENZ here. Well, drama, theatre, adrenaline. Never thought I would sit down and watch women's football that didn't involve New Zealand and be on the edge of my seat. The Matildas, the Australian women's football team, triumphing over France. 7-6 in a penalty shootout, which simply defied belief. Courtney Vine scored the winning spot kick for Australia after Vicky Becko had struck the post for France. The real hero, though, might be the Australian keeper Mackenzie Arnold, who made a total of four saves in the shootout, including twice from Kenza Daly, having moved off the line for the first stop, leading to a retake. To talk about this and the sense of nationalism this Australian women's football team is making in Australia is a wonderful broadcaster, John Harker. He joins us on the program. John, good afternoon. Welcome. Well, thanks, Wado. And uh, even just listening to that uh, that coverage you just uh, ran then, it, it just still is making the, the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It's just spontaneous. What, what a night. Yeah, it's been a wonderful tournament, hasn't it? I mean, both here in New Zealand and Australia. In New Zealand, we were concerned that we might not get the ticket sales. Um, you know, we don't put a huge amount of emphasis on football in this country, but particularly Auckland and Wellington have surprised everybody, and most of the games have been close to a sellout. It will be a sellout for the semi-final between Sweden and Spain, who will then go on and either meet England or Australia. You've had some great sporting moments throughout history. I read Peter Fitzsimons' um, piece yesterday, talking about maybe the America's Cup 1983 being that one moment which really brought Australia together. If this Matildas team was to go on and win this Women's World Cup, where would it sit in the history of Australian sport? Uh, I, think it, I think it would sit 
at the at the pinnacle. I, I, I think I'm not saying it'll be at the at the Mount of Everest on its own, but it, it has to be in the grand final. It, it is one of the most um, unifying experiences. To I heard you say, Wado, that you couldn't imagine you'd be watching women's soccer and being on the edge of the seat if it didn't involve New Zealand. And I think that speaks for half of Australia as well. You know, and it's one thing to you follow Collingwood and you're, and you're fanatical about it, you follow the Brisbane Broncos or whoever it may be, but when it's a national team and when it's a truly global sport like this one, uh, they've just been wonderful. And the, and the beautiful scenes, not just from Australia, from so many uh, nations of camaraderie after the game and, and just the sportsmanship they, they show, it's just beautiful. I, I, I've, I've embraced it like, like I can't believe, to be honest. And are you typical of most Australians? I mean, you're going around the cafes on Sunday morning. Is that what the conversation is about? Is 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 every, everybody got that smile in their face? Everybody for the last 24 hours or so has forgotten all of their hardships in life, and you know, just just you know, and escaping and enjoying this. Well, absolutely. I was I was with four crusty middle-aged men the other day. I mean, I'm past middle age, but but they were and and. A couple of rugby blokes, a couple of rugby league blokes, and we spent the, the morning talking about whether Sam Kerr was going to start the match or come off the bench. We spent 15 minutes debating it. It's it's one of those things that we, it, it's just it's a bit like the Olympics, to be honest. It, it, the, the way the Olympics was in Sydney and the way it unified the country, people are just happy. I mean, I and we're daring to dream now, which is dangerous. We're, we're about to play the European champions, which happen to be the Poms, as you know, which the Australians love beating Poms. Um, and you'd have to think that they're probably better than us. But I don't know. The way that crowd seems to lift them. I remember Lisa Forrest telling me about walking onto the uh, the opening ceremony at uh, the 1982 Commonwealth Games. And she's had the disappointment of the 80 Olympics where she slipped off the blocks. And, and still finished sixth. It's from an unbelievably good race. But she said when she walked into the... She didn't feel pressure. She said that crowd just lifted her. And she thought after the, the next morning, she thought, oh, that's got to go. But it lasted the whole way. She just felt... 10 foot tall the whole way and and I don't think you know I hear people this morning I heard a couple of people running that oh, they're, they're playing with the weight of the nation I don't think they're playing with the weight of the nation I think the nation's lifting them Mm. I've got to say though, I thought I thought France were brilliant. Um, unlucky that they had to go out to very very good teams. I mean, I think Australia there for ten minutes had some real dominance. I think early in that second half, but for much of that game, uh, but yeah, for much of that game, I sort of felt France were maybe just a little bit better side. Well, I think they were too, I, I, and I think they learnt from the that first game they played against us when when we were able to uh, to come at them on the on the counter attack in those quick transitions. Um, I thought they were terrific. Tactically, they were fantastic. And there were long periods where they dominated. Mackenzie Arnold was great. That offence was great. Of course, Fowler had that chance for Australia. Um, and look, for her, she did everything right. She slotted it towards what she thought was a, uh, you know, an open net. And, and the, the defender came charging across from behind. I wouldn't have seen her come. But that, what a save that was. Just mm. remarkable. Yeah, I, I want to talk... We, we, we go back to Cathy Freeman at the Olympic Games and... 2000 and that remarkable 400 metres and breaking down some of the barriers maybe with Aboriginals and sort of saying to Australia, hey, look, we are one. And football has a remarkable way of doing that too, whether it be 
you know, breaking down religious stereotypes or breaking down racial stereotypes. And I just want to talk about young Mary Fowler. Now, she understand that she's Papua New Guinean originally. Um, what yep. a remarkable young talent she is. I mean, we talk about future superstars, and I thought there were many last night on the French team, equally with Colombia. But how good is this young lady? And what I again, look, I'm not a football expert by any means, but the, the, her skills close in when she's got a defender close to her her skills on the ball are just beautiful and she's she's so good at beating a player she creates chances um and honestly having that shot blocked when i when she came up to take her penalty i was just praying that she wouldn't miss it you know that that it wouldn't be saved because she played brilliantly and just didn't get that goal that could have won the match uh, but, you know, of course, the French missed one from probably two and a half metres out, that one that went, went over the crossbar uh, in, in the first half. So these things happen, uh, and she'd done everything right. She looks really good to me. And, and obviously, the, the Sam Kerr, the, the way she leads even from, you know, even from the bench, just the, what she brings to the team in confidence and, and, and unity, it's, it's been brilliant. And, uh, and look, oh, we've talked about this before. The Australian women, we've been just blessed over the years. You know, the first Olympic medal ever awarded, awarded to a woman uh, in an all-women's event went to an Australian. Um, the, you know, the Australian women's water polo team, when they broke down all those barriers of, of sexism to play, they won. The, the rugby uh, sevens team, when that finally got a, got a run in Rio, they won. We've got a great history of Australian women breaking barriers. Um, well, I mean, you guys do too. You're the first, first country to give, give women the vote. But there's something about women in this part of the world, and uh, and so often the, the great performances in Australian history, as you've mentioned, Cathy Freeman, have come from women. Mackenzie mm. Arnold, national hero this morning. Oh, she was, and that penalty was a ripper. It, you know, it's probably what two inches from being perfect. Uh, yeah, she's, and some of the saves she made during um, normal time as well. I, there was a couple of shots that uh, that she she turned away that could easily have gone in, and. Uh, and France, had we been beaten by France, let's be honest, we would have gone, gee, they've done well, but, well the girls. We would have felt sorry for them, but we would have been happy with where they've, where they've achieved to get to the quarters. We're the first time in the semis, the first time any Australian side got to the semis of the World Cup. Who knows what will happen you know, on, on Wednesday? But wouldn't it be great to beat the Poles? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. So it's Australia-England. I, I have a feeling here, even though they're completely different sports and these are two female teams, I still have a feeling there will be a little bit of a hangover from the controversy and the angst with that Ashes, and it will carry into this. I've got a feeling it'll be a very, very hostile crowd. Oh, it will, it will be for sure. Uh, a sellout, obviously. There'll, there'll be 80-odd thousand cheering them on. And look, I don't like booing. They were booing last night when the French were taking the, uh, yeah. the penalties. I don't like that, to be honest. Um, but the, but again, uh, our, our team was lifted by it. Uh, they are the you know they are the twelfth man on the on the pitch for us, and, and hopefully they lift us. If, if we beat you know if we beat England, I, I don't know what the atmosphere will be like for the final. I mean, we've got the prime minister saying that he'll he'll declare a public holiday if we if we win the thing. Um, you know, the, the, the country will go nuts if we win. Yeah, and boy, it's going to be a tough ask because I think looking at the other semi-final, I've got a sneaking feeling Spain might just go through there, and they look the goods indeed. Oh, uh, I thought England yeah, again. Lucky. I thought England last night were a little bit lucky against Colombia. Some of the skills from the Colombians just simply remarkable. That was a hell of a game too. Just played at such high intensity and such a high level of pace. I, I've got to say it, John. When I first watched the very first game of this tournament, it was New Zealand Norway. I, I sat there and I thought. 
Mm, I was actually really disappointed by the standard of football, and I just expected a little bit more. And I, you know, and I was hoping for a bit more. But I've got to say, as the tournament's progressed, and the more established sides have made their way through this tournament, the skill set has increased dramatically. And I'm yeah, thoroughly, I'm thoroughly enjoying what I'm now watching. And, and I say, I, I sat down last night and I ended up watching about four hours of football in the finish. And my New Zealand what? team wasn't even involved, and it wasn't men's <laughs> football. Now, ten years ago, the chauvinist in me said that would never have happened. Yeah, and, and isn't that great? Uh, no matter what happens in this tournament, we've now got little boys in the crowd waving flags for Sam Kerr and for Russo and Ben Egmont. Like, it, it's just wonderful. There is that. No matter what happens from here on in, I think they've changed forever the, the way that our women's football team and our women's sport is viewed. I think it's fantastic. And the skills from that, um, the woman Russo, to, to pull that ball in... Uh, from and it almost was behind her back leg that that, that the winning goal for the English, but I, I agree with you. I thought they've been a bit average for their for their standard, and Spain's been sensational. They they probably do go into the uh, the other semi-finals, the favourites you'd think. Mate, I, mate, if it's okay, can I ask you about the the, the water polo? I, I know our, you've been calling. Uh, our girls against the, the Kiwis. Uh, how have they played? Oh, look, um, yeah, and we're going to just touch on that for our listeners after two o'clock on the program. But look, uh, your, New Zealand, your Australian team, known as the Stingers, recently finished fourth at the World Championships. Again, just showing, as you've just talked about, John, the remarkable women athletes that you produce and the barriers they continue to break down. And we're very unlucky not to make that World Championship final, losing in the semi finals, I think, to Spain by just two goals. A uh, team that's got Daryl Halligan's daughter in it, uh, rugby league uh, legend in this part of the world. Uh, Phil Kearns' daughter, uh, rugby icon who we sort of love to hate in this country, plays forward for the Australian Stingers. And what a player she is. Wow, arguably the best and most influential player in international water polo, talking to people I spoke to. Look, they did a bit I, of I a... think she is, mate. Yeah. I, I, I think she is. I, I've seen her play since she was 11. Um, yep. She went right through the juniors with my daughter and... and and, uh, you know, Phil and Julie, I remember saying to them very early on, I said, mate, this girl's going to play for Australia. They sort of looked at me. Uh, but she's got she's got it. And at that World Championships, I watched a lot of the World Championships. She was the best centre forward in the tournament, without without doubt. Um, she is a great, great player. And she's not that big for a centre forward. I mean, she's probably 5'10", but she's not, you know, some of them are, are, are huge. Um, but she's so dominant, such a good player. Yeah, and interesting. I mean, they beat us up pretty badly. I thought it was a much improved second test effort from New Zealand. But, you know, I think there is a gap in terms of resource, uh, pool space and those things. But New Zealand women's water polo has improved dramatically, but there is a big gap. But then talking to a lot of experts, a lot was saying, look, this Australian team, 12 months from now, are potentially good enough to win the Olympic Games gold. And so I think for New Zealand, we've got to play Australia more regularly, like anything. You play better teams, you get an understanding individually and collectively of what that standard is and what is still required. And so I think Australia are always going to win the series. But it's um, but yeah, great to have them here and great to have Australia putting out a full team, the same team they played in the semi-finals, playing New Zealand and showing us that respect. Absolutely. And look, let's face it, had had, had we got we, we played one bad quarter in that semi-final and we trailed by two yep. goals at quarter time and then we were we matched the Spaniards for the rest of the game. I know if ifs and buts, but had we had we snatched that one, the Kiwis are going to the Olympics because you're yeah. you're the next best side by a long way in yeah. Oceania. So yeah. off you go. It, it was such a shame we didn't we didn't get through the uh, the final because the first two teams automatically qualified. 
Yeah, and, and look, New Zealand were missing Morgan McDowell. Now, she's one of the best forwards in the world too. And, of course, she's the daughter of Steve McDowell, the great all-black prop. So you've got the yep. daughter of Daryl Halligan, you've got the daughter of Phil Kearns, you've got potentially the daughter of Steve McDowell. So I'm not sure what it is with former rugby league or rugby players and their daughters wanting to play water polo. Maybe it's, it is gladiatorial. Maybe, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit more controlled aggression perhaps. Also just want to acknowledge too uh, Zoe Arancini. She played her 300th international for Australia last night. Now put that in context, 300 appearances for Australia in any sport is remarkable. And you think about water polo, it's not like, you know, it's not like the English Premier League. There's not the regularity of fixtures that you get in some sports. So that longevity in itself is remarkable. Yeah, it's special, isn't it? She's a, she's been or been and still is a wonderful player. We've got a, look. We've got a we've got a chance. We're certainly going to be in the argument for medals over there. I I would think anything less than the semi-finals in Paris, and the team would be disappointed. I think the change in coach has been positive for them. Um, he's a wonderful tactician, Paul Overman, and a good bloke. And and I just yeah, I I get a sneaking suspicion that they might be back to their glory days. The, yeah. the, the Americans are slightly. Maybe I'm not saying they're completely um, over the edge, but they're not as good as they were. They're not as dominant as they were, and that's that's begun to open it up to, to teams like Spain and Australia, um, and and the Hungarians for that matter. But it's going to be a great Olympic Games, that's for sure. Yeah, no, many saying that this team potentially is as good as that team in 2000 that won that first Olympic Games gold when women's water polo was included in the program. It's it's tough, John, me here in New Zealand celebrating all things Australian sport, but <laughs> we do it on a regular basis, John. We do it on a regular basis. Well, yeah, but then there's the Blooders Lake Cup, so you get a fair lick of the lobby <laughs> oh, as well. Oh, yeah, but it'd be, it'd be nice to have a little bit more variety. You can't always have the same dinner at the buffet, can you, you know? John Harker, lovely having you on the programme as always. You keep that smile on your face. Good luck against England Wednesday night. Oh, just quickly, John, what's been the general consensus around the organisation of the World Cup? A, a friend of mine, an associate, former CEO of Triathlon New Zealand, Dave Beach, is heading up the whole operation. Um, I went to Eden Park, watched the United States play Vietnam, and I was very, very impressed with the whole game day experience. What's the general consensus in Australia? Yeah, well, I haven't heard a complaint. So, and, and that's, it's a bit like refereeing, isn't it? When you don't hear a complaint against the organisers, it means they've done a very, very good job. Yep. And just quickly, um, you know, now that New Zealand and Australia have demonstrated they can do it at a women's level, could you see New Zealand and Australia putting a joint bid at some point for the men's game in the future? I'd say why not? Like, I, I, honestly, we've had... Back in the day, it was always a share between Europe and South America. Uh, we've had a World Cup in, in, in South Africa. Why shouldn't uh, New Zealand and Australia combine to host... Uh, a men's World Cup. We've, we've got the stadium. We've, we've got, um, you know, fanatical sports fans. And, you know, I think we packed the stadiums again. John Harker, absolutely. And both of us have got fairly multicultural countries as well. You know, there's, it's, not just, it's not just the fact that we can pack the stadiums when New Zealand or Australia play. It's the fact that, you know, England, England plays Sweden, it's going to be packed. You know, Spain plays Morocco. It's going to be packed. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think we, we could and, and probably should. But, um, you know, let's hope that Dan Andrews isn't involved after what he's, what, what he's done with the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, no, Pauline, that's another discussion for another day, John. Absolutely. Hey, enjoy, your, you, enjoy your day. Lovely to have you on the programme. John Harker, they're out of Australia. They are smiling over there. Their team are national heroes. Brilliant. Great theatre. If you haven't seen it, do try and go and watch it. Um, oh look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here. I, I'm, I, I want to see England go the whole way. Oh, there's a lot of English sport I hate, uh, but I do like their football team. I do like their football team. I've always liked English football. But it's going to be a tough one watching England-Australia. 
Um, but I just have a sneaking feeling that perhaps the winner of this tournament might just be the Spanish. I initially picked Japan. Uh, I thought they were a little unlucky in going out to Sweden, but that's the way it goes. Hadn't seen a lot of football. Watched Spain the other day. I thought they could have been, uh, yeah, scored a lot against the Netherlands. Mind you, I was impressed yesterday by Colombia. Some of their individuals, some of the French players were brilliant. I thought some of the Nigerians were fantastic as well. It's been a great tournament.